My friends, today the church celebrates the solemnity, this last Sunday of ordinary time, last Sunday of the liturgical year before we start Advent next week. Um, the church celebrates the solemnity of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, King of the universe. Our Lord is King of the entire universe. And let's kind of unpack that a little bit. Um, the first consequence of that, at the most personal level, is that the Lord needs to be a king of each and every one of us individually. Christ is my king. Jesus Christ is my king. When Pope Pius XI instituted this solemnity in the year 1925, he spelled out exactly what that means. What does it mean that Christ reigns in my life? He said, and I'm quoting him here, Christ must reign in our minds, which should assent with perfect submission and firm belief to revealed truths and to the doctrines of Christ. He must reign in our wills, which should obey the laws and precepts of God. And he must reign in our hearts, which should spur natural desires and love God above all things and cleave to him alone and he must reign in our bodies and in our members, which should serve as instruments for the interior sanctification of our souls. Christ reigns in our minds, he reigns in our wills, he reigns in our hearts, and he reigns in our bodies. Uh, that we allow our mind to be shaped by the teaching of Christ. That we, you know, when you have a king, it's not a democracy, right? By, very, by its very nature, monarchy isn't democracy. And the Catholic faith it's not a democracy. It's not, let's get together and vote on what we believe. Like, no, we have revealed truth, revealed by God himself, handed on faithfully by the church of Jesus Christ. And so, when Christ reigns in our minds, our mind, we're not democratic about, well, let's vote on what we believe. No, no. It's been revealed by God himself what the Catholic Church professes to believe and that we humbly but lovingly Submit to that, because that's the way to truth. Um, also in our wills, that we don't get to decide what right and wrong is. That we don't make up, oh, you know, to me this feels right or this feels... No, no, no. Uh, in our wills, that we allow ourselves to be shaped and guided. Maybe on a rainy, cold Sunday morning, I didn't want to get up and come to Mass. But guess what? I don't get to decide what day of the week it is. And I don't get to decide whether or not we go to Mass on Sunday. Uh, this is our daily obligation to worship Almighty God. Christ needs to reign in our hearts, which means our hearts have to be, it's not just I'm just doing this because I have to, but rather that our hearts get shaped to love God more and more. That we need to fall in love with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ more and more. We have to let our hearts be shaped and moved. We have to allow ourselves to fall in love with Jesus Christ. And that he reigns in our bodies, in our members, that like, you know, my hands and my feet, my voice, all of these things are used to promote the kingdom of Jesus Christ. That, uh, I can't remember who said it, but some saint, uh, may have been St. Teresa of Avila, Christ has no hands but ours, Christ has no eyes but ours, Christ has no lips but ours. Some of you out there probably know exactly who it is and see I'm wrong, but whatever. The point is, my hands have to be the hands of Jesus Christ. My words 
have to be the words of Jesus Christ. In the way that I speak to people, do they feel like Christ himself is speaking to them? Or is it just grumpy and patient Father Casey? And the more and more it's grumpy and patient me, and it's less Jesus Christ, King of the universe, the more I need to subject myself and my words to the reign of Christ. And so that's first. Christ has to reign in each of us. That we have to recognize personally, Jesus Christ is my king. I am a subject of Christ the king. I've given myself to him personally. But that's not enough. It just can't end there. That it's, this, is about a, this is a me personal thing. Rather, the feast of Christ the king was instituted in 1925 by Pope Pius XI, um, because the world was becoming more and more secular, and that we had governments that were rising up in, before 1925, but certainly after, with all the atrocity, atrocities of the later part of the 20th century, the deadliest century in human history, that we have these governments and political parties that are rising up and are just, it's us, it's just secular world. It's just totalitarianism. It's just humanity. Secular, atheistic humanism. And that has been the cause of the deadliest atrocities in the history of the world. And so, very wisely, 1925, you know, before the Second World War and all the atrocities of that and then communism afterwards, Pope Pius XI saw that this was coming said we need to have a feast of Christ the King so that people recognize that even all civil governance happens in participation with the fact that every single human being is a subject of Christ the King. How would I treat someone who is in the kingdom of Jesus Christ? And so that we, as Catholics, uh, we as faithful uh, subjects of Christ the King, have the obligation to spread the kingdom of Christ, to spread the goodness of the kingdom of Christ by our own words and actions. Again, uh, citing Pope Pius XI. But if the faithful were generally to understand that it behooves them ever to fight courageously under the banner of Christ their King, then fired with apostolic zeal, they would strive to win over to their Lord those hearts that are bitter and estranged from him and would valiantly defend his, Christ the King's, rights. Uh, that that's our role in the midst of the modern world. That if we recognize that Christ is our King, then we want to share that message with those around us. This is the call to apostolate that each and every one of us in the midst of the world, is called to spread the goodness of Jesus Christ as my words, my actions, my heart, my will, my mind is more given over to Jesus Christ than that spread. I need to spread that. And so this is the, the way that we as Christians are meant to not just allow our religion to be a matter of personal preference. We can never allow... We belong to a social religion. What this means is that the call of Christianity calls us to go out. It calls us to spread the gospel. It calls us to live our faith publicly, not privately. 
Our faith is a public thing. We belong to a public social religion. That the church, while never, you know, there should never just be a Catholic political party. Absolutely not. Um, But faithful men and women given over to Jesus Christ in the midst of all spheres of life are able to have an influence under the reign of Christ the King. That we're able to promote the dignity of each and every human person in the midst of the workplace, in the midst of our families. That we're able to promote um, justice for each and every person. That we're able to promote the truths of morality in the midst of the public sphere. And that we're able to um, attempt in that way to spread the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Our religion is not a private religion. It's public and it's social. It's the reign of Jesus Christ. And so we always need to recognize that call to publicly go out and spread our faith. But, and here's the final point, but Christ the King, our King, Jesus Christ, reigns from the cross. That's the gospel we read for the Mass today. Christ the King is on the cross, the crucified King. And so in this world, there will never be the perfect kingdom of Christ with all this peace, with the peace and unity. If we seek to build up a worldly kingdom only, it's a failure. If we just try, and this has been um, one of the, the rampant, errant theologies, uh, liberation theology within the past, you know, uh, generations, um, of like, we're going to use the gospel for political ends to just build up this earthly kingdom. The gospel, you know what? It's just the gospel of social change. Absolutely not. Christ reigns on the cross. The church of Jesus Christ in this world will always be persecuted. And she will always suffer. And if we try to build a perfect earthly kingdom, then we're going to build on sand. And as our Lord says in the gospel, when the floods come, when the rains come, the wind the house will collapse. I think one of the errors um, of of Catholicism in the United States of America is that we wanted the institutional, big institutional church. And look at us. We got a great building. We made it, right? We got a big school. We made it. Like this, we own a good chunk of property in New Britain. We made it. But what about the hearts that have not been won over to Jesus Christ? So we got big buildings. We got nice stuff, but do we have hearts and souls for Jesus Christ? We just think it's about having big buildings is the, how we win as Catholics. Absolutely not. Uh, that we need to preach Jesus Christ. And that that message will always be by the forces of the world uh, and worldliness. By worldliness, that message will always be contested. And we won't have perfect victory in this world. And so at the end of the day, While Christ reigns in each of our lives, and while we always seek to spread his kingdom publicly, um, we recognize that the kingdom of Christ will come perfectly um, in heaven, and then in the new heaven and the new earth, when Christ our King comes gloriously at the end of time. And so we ask our Lord to remember us. We're going to do our part in our life to spread his kingdom in our own lives and in those among us, Um, But ultimately, we're not building an earthly kingdom. Uh, We're working for the kingdom of God, uh, the transformation of hearts 
the transformation of minds. We're working um, for that uh, peace of Christ which can reign in our lives. We'll just finish with a quote from St. Jose Maria Escriva. Some people try to build peace in the world without putting love of God into their own hearts. How could they possibly achieve peace in that way? The peace of Christ is the peace of the kingdom of Christ, and our Lord's kingdom has to be based on a desire for holiness, a humble readiness to receive grace, an effort to establish justice, a divine outpouring of love. And so we ask our Lord to help us in this great pursuit of his kingdom, that we always recognize him as our king, that we work for his kingdom, and that one day we hope to share the joy of that kingdom uh, in eternal life in the kingdom of heaven.